Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Luke chapter 12, and I am very excited about my guest today. We met at a writing retreat a few years ago, and this is the first time I think that we've gotten to collaborate on something, so I'm so excited to welcome Professor of Film at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, Ann Sorensen. Thanks, Welcome, Angela. Man. Thank you for having me. I know I when we were praying before this podcast began, it was so nice just to remember how we met all those years ago. And here we are and just seeing you and our energy together. I'm wondering how are we going to collaborate together next? So I know. It's great to be with you. That's fun to think about. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking, we were also talking about how much we love our jobs and how grateful we are to just to be where the Lord has led us. Right. I know. I said, I feel like I have the best job on the planet. And you then burst out, I do too. I feel that same way. (laughs) It's like, thank you, Jesus, for giving us a home Mm -hmm. during our professional and calling, our professional life and our calling. Yep, Mm -hmm. exactly. So as with a lot of chapters in the book of Luke, there is a lot going on in chapter 12. Absolutely. (laughs) It, It is this interesting blend of a warning and then an encouragement. And they go hand in hand right next to each other. Yeah. Is that what stood out to you most? That is absolutely what stood out to me, that Jesus is warning us in certain behaviors like hanging on to our money. But then in the next breath, he is encouraging us to not be afraid. Mm. And that's what stood out to me. Because as I look back on my life, the times when I have found myself hanging on to money, not tithing appropriately, it was because of fear. Fear that I wouldn't have enough. And so I felt really convicted in reading this so that when I do feel fear in my life, just then looking at the results of that, the behavior of that fear, which is not what Jesus is calling us to do. He is calling us to a life of generosity and trust and faith, knowing that he will provide. He provides for the sparrows. Mm -hmm. Why then do we doubt that he will provide for us? And that what he has given us is enough. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. We finished our winter fundraiser not too long ago. And I heard one of the other hosts say, this is the finances is the one area where God says it's okay to test him. And so I checked out. It's in Micah 3, 9 or 10, where it says, put it, put me to the test. And what I love about that, because I, I think for me too, it's been fear with finances that has made me feel more, a little more tight-fisted with my finances. And, and, and not only with my finances, but with my time and my talents, having a lot of fear around even trying or taking the next step. But when you take that baby step and you see that God is faithful, not to say it's always easy, but he's faithful, and you can start to build trust with him. And so then the next time you feel afraid, you can go, oh, but that last time I did it and and it was okay. I didn't die. Right. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it might, it feels like you might die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you just said, that this finances is an okay place to test God mm-hmm. or to yeah, say, okay, I will do this. Will there be a place for me to land? Yeah. Yeah. And will you be faithful? And I mean, because I've heard people story after story say, I didn't know if I was going to be, if I, if I gave this, I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay my bills and they would get to the end of the month and all the bills would be paid and that, and they were still able to fulfill the tithe or the pledge that they had, had made. And, 
in a way that, you know, it's not like it doesn't add up. You know what I mean? It's God math, not our math. Right. Yeah. And I've had a similar recent conversation with a Northwestern student who is, she's a trad student, but she's older. She has some kids, but she really felt compelled to come here. At the end of August, she wasn't sure, but she just felt led. So she stepped out and the money surfaced. Mm. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's but, amazing. And it's scary to, yeah. you know, at the end of August. And it feels true to say a lot of times God comes through at the 11th hour. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you're taking that step of faith and he comes through. But there's, you know, there are feelings of fear. But taking that step in spite of the fear, being brave, being courageous to do the thing, even while you're feeling fear and afraid. Absolutely. Yeah. When I realized I was struggling with hanging on to my money and not trusting God, it was early in my marriage. I've been married seven years now, and it was early in my marriage because my husband does not hang on to money. Mm. And... I remember him telling me about tithing. He was challenging me, like, we need to tithe to our church. And he said, Anne, it's not about the money. It's about your trust in God, about God has been so generous with you. This is not your money. Mm-hmm. Like, give it back to, to our church. So I've thought about money through that new lens as well. Like, this is a, a spiritual discipline. This yeah. is something, it's a part of my spiritual life. But it's not because of the money. It's because of my heart. Right. Continuing to just trust and move forward in faith. Because I think sometimes it can feel muddled and complicated because money can be can be abused Mm -hmm. or people can ask for money and not be, you know, they're being manipulative about it. And so it feels really sticky. And so I love what you're saying about it, that it's a it's about a spiritual discipline to tithe. And I I love the words you used, muddled. I hadn't thought about that, like those other things that play into that, like not trusting what mm-hmm. people are saying. I mean, trusting your discernments right. as long as that in, a discernment is basked with the Holy Spirit so right. that our fears aren't or our um, are not our inability to trust others mm-hmm. is coming into play. Yeah, or a fear of being taken advantage of or looking right. foolish, which I'm now I'm just, you know, confessing all of my things that I'm <laughs> afraid of. <laughs> so, let's go to the study guide a little bit and I guess we've talked a little bit about where it's storing up earth, earthly wealth, the cost of our rich relationship with God. So, I guess as you've looked at tithing as a spiritual discipline, how did that affect your relationship with God? It helped me not think about money, but thinking about God's provisions. Mm. So my focus became different, and it also changed my idea of enough. Okay. You know, like God will give us enough. He will, whatever that means, in whatever time, it could look different one year to the next, mm-hmm. but kind of anticipating what's God going to do in my life in all these arenas, Mm -hmm. including the fact that, okay, I am no longer living in fear of not having enough. But, you know, a couple minutes ago, you said something about having enough time or having all the, and I can resonate with that too. And recently I made a decision to give more of my time to something that I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. And I feel called to do that. 
And so it's just trusting that the rest of my time will be multiplied. Right. Just how after I tithe the money that I have, which at first didn't seem like very much, it kind of multiplied, not in dollars, mm-hmm. but in results. It's, yeah, there's, there's enough. Jesus multiplies what we give him and gives it back to us in unique and blessed ways. Yeah, I've heard, you know, coworkers here at Faith Radio talk about God's economy. God's economy is different than our economy. That's beautiful. Yeah. And do you feel like when you said enough, that's what kind of, I feel like, and maybe this is just my experience, but I feel like sometimes as women, we don't feel enough and at the same time, too much. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like being right sized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not less than or more than, but enough. And our culture is inundating us with that message as well. Like Mm -hmm. the, the disease of more. Right. We need more. And it's like, no, God is not in the disease of more in that regard, but just living in the blessings that he's given us and how he's created us to be in our, the creation. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right. Women, we do feel too much and like one up mm-hmm. and not enough. Mm-hmm. Which is, I remember the first time I heard someone say that, I thought, yes, you just put words to what I was feeling and I couldn't yeah. put words to it myself. Yeah. And we can vacillate between those two places Mm -hmm. within a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the last question is, if the master were to return today, which servant, which of the servants described would describe you? I loved this because when I was reading it, neither one of them I felt described me. I mean, there's one that's, just in throwing away money or just, you know, living this life of, of pleasure while not waiting for Jesus' return. Mm-hmm. And I, I am not that person, but I'm also not focused on that as much as I need to be. And I feel like I get distracted. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm going out and choosing to ignore Jesus and ignore the... Um, the life that he's called me to live, I just get distracted. So I have tried to implement in my life as a professor here at Northwestern, at the beginning of every class, we start in silence, Mm. just grounding ourselves in the presence of God before we even pray as a community. It's like just you getting right with God and reminding ourselves and as a community that he is with us every step of the day. Because so often I forget that, especially right. if there's something stressful happening. I'll like take it over and try, okay, what do I need to do to fix this mm-hmm. or control this? Mm-hmm. But, but just turning, turning back, turning over, turning towards, you know, our Jesus as we navigate this life. And starting classes in that moment of silence and realignments with our creator is helpful for me to decrease the distractions in my life. I love that practice. I mean, that's such a, that's such a great practice to be, I mean, it's almost like being mindful, stopping to be purposefully mindful of what's happening. And I I was in, I was part of a, a meeting. I'm in a coaching group and I was in a meeting and we were meeting for an hour and it was in the middle of the workday. 
And so I'm, you know, watching the clock because, you know, it's it's really busy. And so I'm watching the clock and I'm watching the clock So for the first 20 minutes. And it was an hour-long meeting. And at the end, because I finally stopped watching the clock and became a part of the conversation we were having, all, you know, all these women who are, um, you know, we're catching up on our lives and encouraging each other. And this is what I'm struggling with. And what do you think of this? And at the end, because I was able to just be present, at the end I felt so much more full than at the beginning where I was like, I don't have, I should, probably shouldn't be here because I, I, I shouldn't be here because I, I have other things to do versus being present. Where in the classroom, if you were distracted versus being present or all the students being present there or, you know, a mom at home with her kids to be able, which that's hard to, when they're, especially when they're little, <laughs> to be, you know, just really be present. Right. But that's such a great practice. Right. And we have a little one at home. She's four. And the practice there is that when we're together, for me to like look in her eyes, mm. just to pause enough to just hold her eyes so that I can be present. And then just that reminds me of Jesus in that area of my life too. Yep. I have two teenage boys. And so if I'm working at home or if I'm looking at something on my phone, when they come to me, I always want to try to put down what I'm doing. And like you said, look at them and listen to what they're saying because it's so easy to just, it's been a hard day and I really don't have time right now. I never want them to feel like I don't have time for them because, ugh. I know. Because God always has time for me, and he's always there for me, and I want to model that for my children. Yeah. That's beautiful. The other day, May, my daughter, came over to me, and she was talking, and I was on my phone, and she's four, and she said, Mama, put down your phone. And I just, oh, I apologized And ever since that comment, I've been trying, like, okay, I'm putting my phone away. Not even in my pockets, but I'm putting Mm -hmm. it away while I am with her. And then I just was thinking about, I wonder how often Jesus has wanted to say that to me. Mm. Like, Anne, put down your phone. (laughs) Put down that. I'm talking to you. I know. I know. So the distractions are everywhere. No. Let's be present. Let's take time to pause and remember that Jesus walks with us through it all. Thank you so much for coming up and doing this and collaborating with me on this. I'm so grateful. This was a blast. (laughs) As you know, I was nervous, but this was a blast. And let's figure out when we're going to collaborate again. Yes. Okay. Deal. deal. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us for Reading the Bible Together podcast, looking at Luke chapter 12. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and we'll see you next time for Luke chapter 13. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.